0: Are you ready?
1: A shot of wrestling episode 212. And away. wait, Wait. Nope.
2: Oh, break get a shot, What is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. breaker. This is my door that the message you got?
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 212 New York City. I've been your host at Mug Putty. Joined as always with the Hollywood Mark Schwan. Mark, welcome back.
3: You say that with like such like regret and disdain. It's been a long week. I it's know it's been a, it's hey been a you long Mark, week. how's it going? Good? good to see you, buddy. I <laughs> nothing at all, man. I, I'm I'm always so happy to see you. Yeah, I'm not a liar though. Wow. No, no, no I am good
1: to see oh. the sexy Zane himself. Oh. Uh, Eric Jaden. Eric, welcome back to the show
2: you about to say sex say Mark, Jaden? That's what it sounded yeah, like. Right? Yeah, yeah, uh, I love Jaden calling him out that. No, because I know I it's not it.
1: sane anymore. I, 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 oh, my God. It's something else. And I just, hey, whatever. i will just going.
2: I'm good, guys. I'm good. What's going on, man? This has been one crazy week. Huh?
1: Yeah. Really pretty crazy week. Um, long week. How's so. It? How's everybody doing? Ever, how's everybody feeling? Everybody okay? Everybody safe?
3: Safe, safe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I am safe. I'm COVID-19 free. Took the test. You did? Yes. That's right. I drove about 45 minutes to Bumblefuck Long Island. Walked into the place hey, and out...
3: Bumblefuck Long Island. You were <laughs> a town away from where I grew up, mind you. And it Long was Island, on a beautiful, yeah. it was a beautiful day. And you could have easily taken a ferry to Fire Island or whatever. And do what? Everything's closed. And... Yeah. No. You yeah, go, yeah, go right. to the beach. Beaches are closed? Beaches are not closed. Beaches are open along out. Yeah. yeah. You okay. can hang out. That's where we're going to go. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies I and gentlemen, did. listen, this is uh, a shot of wrestling, and quarantine has definitely hit us hard. Yes.
3: <laughs> I'm drinking a Bloody Mary at fucking night, right? <laughs>
1: a Canadian Bloody oh Mary, my told me. Call, Oh, my God.
3: They call it a Scissors in, in uh, no, I'm sorry, Caesars. Scissors in Canada. I mean, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Eric, did you get any uh, any calls yes. from the, the Pulitzer Company about your new article coming out? You and two, in, two, oh in, the, two in the bank. That would be
2: great if you it did. It's fantastic I for got... both of
1: them. Great job.
2: Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, from the first one, I got a lot of great positive uh, reviews on it, uh, and I got a total of eighty-six emails. Wow, sent in. Nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was shocked, and wow. uh, majority of them were about AEW. There was just a lot of question of AEW. Of course, so I yeah. said, okay, cool. Let's make the second. Let's make the second uh, article about AEW. So I covered the pay per view. And what I thought about the pay per view and stuff like that. So I'm up in the air right now because I'm getting a lot of questions on again WWE and in now believe it or not, independent stuff. Okay, so I good. might, I might, yeah, I might, I might dive in into the independent world of professional wrestling in my next article and talk about the the goods, the bads, you know the.
3: Are you going to talk about? about
2: it, are you, if that's the case, you're going to talk about
3: it in character, or you're going to be? Are you going to keep it real?
2: Well, you know what? This is my my dilemma. Maybe you guys can weigh this on this. Should I? I've been keeping it semi kayfabe okay? Right. Uh, with the results and talking about the matches and stuff like that, and, and going on. I haven't really. Well, I guess I haven't really broke fabe. If I do, no, you yeah, no, I haven't. So if I talk about the inner workings of independent wrestling, what we go through as a wrestler, how we try to make it to the big leagues, how we get stiff up the ass sometimes by you know, like crappy ass carny bookers. Would I'm that break make fabe. You look bad though? Because I don't know. You, you, what do you, you know, yeah. New, York, New York people are going to be paying attention. To New York
3: promoters are going to be paying attention to that. Do you think that could potentially cost you bookings?
2: If you're not a carny, if you're not a carny promoter, you shouldn't really be worried about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> do you, do you <laughs> yeah. want to work with carny promoters? Yeah. Well said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If you're not a carny promoter, but hey, I I pose that question. How do you guys think I should do that article?
3: I don't know. I mean, that's a tricky. That's a very tricky slope right
1: there. Um yeah. It depends on what you want. If you want to make one out of character, and then... I, I, I think it would
3: depend. I mean, you'd have to maybe try to find a blend. Like, you know, it, it, that's something I've struggled with since entering the professional wrestling world. because, uh, you know, I do carry on that persona of, you know, the Hollywood assassin, you Mark think. Swan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you up the Hollywood aspect of it. You know, but, you know, in real life, you know, I, I'm, I'm different from my character. You know, my my yeah, whole message that I put out there is to inspire, to inspire, which is very not much, not <laughs> my character in the wrestling world. So, but it, it is it, great. It, 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 yeah. It's it's a hard line to, to to balance in there.
2: No, it is. It is. Uh, I'm I'm still weighing it out because uh, the first show, what I did, I covered WWE stuff. I might I might just do an NXT part or an article. So I'm weighing it back and forth. I have a lot of notes uh, that, I, that I'm putting down. So. Uh, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, the article stuff has really been a really good thing for me therapy-wise because, again, we don't have, you know, wrestling. Being on with you guys, my good friends, which I love you guys very much. So this has been really great. I love doing this. So it's keeping us busy. Yeah, it's keeping us busy. Like, my therapist told me, okay, you got to keep busy. You got to keep – yes, you cannot go out and play soccer or whatever you did in the past. You cannot wrestle. You cannot this. But if you start to build a different type of norm, right? A different. I think she said it. Even if you go out every day for a walk, walk the dog, that's routine. That's good for the brain.
3: Right, and that, that's yeah. something I've yeah. kept to as well. Like you know, w- when the, the news first hit about the quarantine, and then like you know, things that happened with my industry, it, it hit me really hard. And uh, I, I feel like even on this show, I was like a little bit different. I was jaded because uh, yeah. it, it hurt. You know, it, like, my hard work for so long, like, it, it could possibly come to an end. And it felt like, you know, a a competitor, like an athlete, you know, being told, hey, you have a career-ending injury. Yeah. Yeah, You you may never do this again. And to some degrees, that still hurts. But, like, you know, I'm not losing out hope. I'm doing everything I can to make sure, like, when I get out of this, I'm better than I was going into this pandemic, going into this quarantine. So I keep to a schedule every single day, you know, just to keep my mind right.
2: Yeah, it's just the best thing you could do right now, you know, all of us. It's the best thing we could do. We just keep it. Started. Listen, it's funny. I I've uh, I've deviated from the schedule I have in the morning, and it's like threw me off completely. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was just like off. Like I said, oh my god, what, you know. And but you know what? It's listen. It's so much stuff going on. In the you, world. You, you have to adapt. Yeah. Like,
3: it, it, yeah. if you if you live like the same schedule every single day, then you're just a robot. Like you know, like sometimes like you know, my wife. Yeah, she she may interrupt my schedule with something, and I just like you know at first I'm like oh my god like, you know I can now my schedule's starting off blah 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 like, yeah. <laughs> but like you know you just have to learn to adapt like no that's okay you know this yeah. this is this is time with my wife right now that's okay be present be in the moment like I, this stuff then I'll just get to it later as yes. so long as you get to it you know yes. and that's fine it's, it's no, such a life
2: no I agree
1: Eric I know you post the article on your uh, pages but where can we find uh-huh. it we want to see a hard copy of it.
2: Uh, you know what? Honestly, I've seen them as far as Howard Beach, all the way towards Ozone, South Ozone Park area.
1: That's I've seen them. Does the amount yeah. of copies purchased like hit you at all? Does it matter? Does it equal readership, or does it do you have any effect on your standing at the No, uh,
2: No, because right now what is happening is uh, they asked me if I had feedback from it, and I have. Okay. And I had different different uh, group administrators from wrestling that I share it on. And they're telling me they're getting a lot of feedback. It's all positive. Like, you know Excellent. what I'm saying? There's a lot of likes, a lot of likes. Excellent. So, yeah, right now, what would be the best bet for me is if the fans email the Rock Times. Okay. And tell them how their feedback on it, if they're happy with it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what they're going to that's, – that's how the, the I'm going to continue doing it. If they, they get feedback from people, say, hey, this is great. Because you know what? Uh, we're going to talk about some certain stuff today, right? We're going we're gonna to talk about what's happening in the world. So – This uh, this uh, last article when I talked to my editor, uh, I said, "Hey, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world because they covered like protests, they covered all the stuff going on in the world." But my article was that part to just get everybody's mind away from you know what I'm saying. So they liked it because I didn't know how to approach it. I said, "Hey, everybody, I hope everybody's safe." I know I I didn't know how to approach how to start it. I ended it, please say safe, but she said, "Don't worry about it. Leave it like that because you're that break of all the bad news." Yeah, right. so that's we how we that keep right it, and yeah, we need we definitely need it right now. But if the fans out there, you guys, everybody who knows me, wants to email the Rockaway Times, please do tell them that you like it, and then I just they'll keep me they'll keep me employed, yeah. you know, <laughs> for once a week, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on there. So make sure you
1: email the Rockaway Times. We say you want more Eric Jaden. Who are the more? Oh I want to see a pic of
3: Eric Jaden on there too next time. Yeah,
2: yeah. I know, me too. I'm getting a lot, that. That's I got emails. welcome come your pictures on there? I'm just happy I'm there. You know baby I'm steps, saying? baby so steps. Get the picture. Yeah. Come, you want to see pictures? I got plenty on my Facebook account. Oh,
3: we know that.
2: Yeah.
1: So uh, uh, last week we ended yeah. the show. Mark touched on everything going on in the world, and I was watching it live yeah. as these riots were breaking out. Well, uh, spoiler alert, that didn't go away this past seven days. So uh, I don't think you guys were aware no. of this. So how about we get into some news this week?
3: It's time for Michael J. Putty, and Mark Schwab. All right, so, listen, I, I, I know we have a normal format for the show and everything. We usually, you know, we, we start off with the intro chat, and then we go right into the news. Um, listen, with all that's been going on, you know, we just briefly touched on it before. It, it's just, it feels wrong. It feels absolutely wrong to go about this as a normal episode, as a normal show, because it's just too much to talk about. Um, It's even impacting the wrestling world, Uh, and it it impacts all of us in different ways. You know, with uh, with the protests right now, with the with the riots, and with what happened with George Floyd, and uh, just our country just being absolutely torn apart right before our eyes. And it's sad to see. You know, each and every single day, you know, we turn on the news, or you know, wherever we go, we go on social media, and we just see more and more bad news. We just see. Uh, this, these tragedies that come before us. And, you know, all the whole time, we know we're looking for a leader and we're looking for someone to bring us together. And I think it would be ill-advised for us to just go about this normal show. We, we, as human beings, we need to talk about this. I think we should address, uh, we should address this. And uh, that, that's why I want to open up the floor to you guys, uh, talking about how it may have impacted you and uh, what you're seeing and how it's, uh, it's really to wrestling.
2: I guess I'll lead off, guys. Uh, it's 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 horrible. It's horrible that we don't have a leader right now to unify, you know, bring us together, to help bring uh, all the races together to solve these problems that we're living through right now. Systemic racism is something that's not only local; it's not national; it's worldwide. Okay, and we do have to sit down and talk about it, and we do need some so- forms of. Uh, of police reforms you know just to make you know just to 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 not have these incidents happen back to back and it's unfortunate and mr. Floyd you know God bless his soul uh I, I wish that man was still alive you know what I'm saying because yeah. if he's he, he's watching this now and he's seeing all this destruction and violence and he's this is not about that and unfortunately a lot of a uh, lot of uh, bad people uh, all, you know where you're uh antagonists whether you're whatever you know you know I'm saying in that aspect have See, infilt- I, I,
3: yeah. I, I I'm sorry to cut you off, uh, Jay, okay. But you know I, I do have mixed feelings about that because like, okay. yeah, I I am not for looting. I'm not for crime. Yeah. I'm not for violence. I'm not for any of that. I, I want to be right. that. I want to be straight with you right now about this. Sure. Um, but there is so so much outrage. There's just so much of it. You know, years and years and years of of oppression and you know, trying different ways to to have their voices heard and it's, it's all for nothing. And in the middle mm-hmm. of a pandemic, you have what multiple cases of innocent black people being killed from the police mm-hmm. or, or, or some sort of vicious violence that goes on and during a pandemic. I, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit here and, and pretend like it, I, you know, me being uh, partly Hispanic growing up in an in a ultra white neighborhood I had very small cases of racism and discrimination towards me, um, but nothing to this extent. Nothing where I felt attacked uh, and felt oppressed on a day-to-day basis uh-huh. felt like I had to change my lifestyle, change that my actions, uh, just because someone else is white. I, I've never felt that way before. And I'm not going to pretend to sit here and, and say I do. Okay. But, you know, I, I can only imagine... Feeling that pressure, feeling all that, and feeling that desperation. What do I do? And and I think that's what we're seeing here. I think that's what we're seeing. It just just like people are outraged, they're fed up, they're desperate. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I I know there's other things going on too with with these uh, extremists and the, uh, these uh, anarchy movements are getting involved. These bots taking advantage of these opportunities. I know there's opportunities out there. But you know, at the same time, like you know, when you see that going on, you're, you're, you're an angry person. Uh, what are you going to do? You you don't know.
2: You know, I agree with you 100%. You're an angry person. What do you do? Do you resort on destroying your own neighborhood? Do you resort to beating other people up? Do you resort to violence? Okay? Do you follow the creed by all means? You know what I'm saying? Or what, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? There's so much that's out there. If you ask me what I would do, i said say, you know, yeah, peaceful protest. That's my, my, my route. That's the logical way to go. That's yeah. the logical way to go,
3: of course. Yeah.
2: Okay, and you know what else I would do? Okay, go out there and the most simplest, biggest thing in the world, vote. Let's vote, people. Let's vote, okay? Hold on, Mark. You might, I know you got to say something. Hold on. You know why? I just saw a poll about how people felt about the violence and the protests, right? And the poll asked them, what would you do? 80 percent, Mark, 80 percent of the people who complained uh, you know, and said, this is wrong, this is wrong, okay? None of them voted. None of them wow. got involved. 80 percent. Never. That's a, a large number. That's a large number. You know what I'm saying? So if we're not well-educated enough to say, hey – Let's start to find candidates. Let's start to find people from out that know that we what we gone through. Okay, here's my upbringing, and you guys know it. Okay, and uh, uh, MJP grew up in the same neighborhood. I grew up right below the middle class. Okay. I grew up, you know, we, didn't, we were never hungry, but I grew up with public assistance. I grew up on government cheese and the chocolate milks that we talk <laughs> about all the time and the school lunches. And, and the summertime, yeah, and summertime when that fire hydrant was open it was 90 degrees, Mark, we went outside. That was our heaven. You know, that was beautiful. We felt so good. That water felt so good to go back to a house with no air conditioning and just fans because just the fans blew out the hot air. We need to have people that understand that, Okay. We need that. If we're not putting people in office they understand what the people go through, what the working class people go through, where's the change? I can't rely on somebody who was the son of a senator, you know, and then he got elected, and but he's never gone through anything. Not right. to say that he won't do a good job, okay? But we right now, unfortunately, hey Mark, I'm going to say this right now because you know, you know how I am about my own party. We got a lot of over super old. Pass their time, white dudes in government that need to go, okay? They spend their time. They did. And I used to support those people, Mark. I used to support those people, okay? Because when I was young and the Republican Party was around and I joined it, boy, my brain was brainwashed. And I drank that Kool-Aid, okay? <laughs> oh, me, I me and you the both, me, me and yeah, I you drank that Kool-Aid.
3: Uh, you know, we, we, we have, we've talked about this before off yeah. the air and, you know, we, we have, uh, we have similar uh, views as far as uh, politics go. And, you know, we, we were both Republican, uh, Republicans yeah. like glad and proud. Uh, yeah. But, you know, ever since this administration took over and the, you know, things have gone on over the years, like it, it's, it's just, I can't, I personally yeah. can't call myself a Republican. I personally want nothing to do with that party. I am, I almost want to go back to like when I first registered to vote and register as a party to bitch slap myself because like, I am just so appalled to like, what it's become. It's just this is not what we signed up for. It's completely something else. It was bait and switch. Uh, but, you know, going to touch on your point you're talking about before, because I could talk politics all day long. And then I think that gets off from the topic here in a way. Uh, we you going to talk about November and you know, go to vote. Uh, my fear is like it, it's going to be too late. Because, you know, uh, I have to say, so I, go, I'm going I'm to call out my town. I'm going to call out my, my hometown I grew up in, uh, West island, Right. I, I grew up West Islip my whole life pretty much. Uh, it's a town along island. They have a nickname called White Islip for a very uh-huh. good reason. Because I'll just say this. I was the closest thing I had to color growing up. right? And, and I am not black by any means. You know, I, I'm quarter of Spanish probably. <laughs> uh-huh. But I look it. So I was very different. So we there was a protest. There was a protest in West Dysel, uh this past week. Uh, over a thousand people there, I would say, uh, or close to it. And the the revolt from the town itself was disgusting. There were people commenting saying that they want to run people over. There were people saying that you know we're armed and we have guns to get off our property, to get off, to get out of our town. And someone someone did actually try to run over these protesters who were very peaceful. They're very peaceful. They they they. I have to commend them. Uh, it, it, they, their voices were heard. They did so in a respectful way. Uh, there was no looting. There was no anything going on, no breaking of property. But this one individual from West Isle, from my town, I'm calling you out. You tried to run over innocent people because they were, they were voicing their, their, their expression. They were trying to express their feelings on like the injustice that's going on to the world and how there needs to be change. I think that's sad. I think that's sad that's going on. I think, it's, I think it's crazy. And then, like, you know, you, you see it in, even in the wrestling world. You know, we, we have some great, great fans who are, who are black and we have some phenomenal talent that are black, you know. And then you hear someone like Sonny, buddy, I'm calling your girl out, yeah. <laughs> you know, saying what she said. Yeah. You know, it's just like you've, you've worked with a lot of these people. Yes. Uh, how 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 can you do that? How can you say what you say and and, and then try to defend yourself and back it up and belittle other people? That's like, if, it I just, could,
2: if I could go ahead, sorry, well, know, it just, I to ta- it, 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 go ahead because it yeah. just baffles me. So no, it does it does because I'm going to table off of that on there as a, as a professional wrestler myself. Okay, uh, I've I got on social media and I've seen so many people comment. Right, so many. Okay, many people that all, all three of us know, we have worked with, I have worked with in the ring in promotions and, 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 and again I respect everybody's opinion I really do I've done it for many years I give everybody consideration and it's just sad to see some of the people that I know advocate the violence advocate right. the destruction and wish death death upon police officers and other people wish death upon myself and that's that's I the other
3: side of it too there's, there's, there's that's the other side that we need to talk about as well because that's, you know what I honestly I like listen like Jaden, I know your history. Uh, you know, sure. working in law enforcement, I have a uh, plenty of good friends that are uh, police officers. One of my good friends growing up, you know, he was actually uh, he actually was with um, was, the, was the officiant at my wedding, and uh, very good man. You know, I call him a very good friend of mine. So you know, I, I believe there are so many good police officers out there, uh, but you know, it's just unfortunate that you know the the, the few of them that are bad are the ones that we think about. I, I, I don't necessarily think every police officer needs to die or lose their job. You know, I don't think that's, the, I, that's not the answer, in my opinion.
2: No, it's not. But you know what? It's going to be a very, very tense and difficult mood when pro wrestling comes back because right now only what? The major companies are running. No independent mm-hmm. or regional companies are running. No ROHs are running. No New Japan pro wrestling. You know no. None of that stuff. So basically when you're when those promotions come back, okay, and we're a wrestling show, so we're going to talk about a wrestling a topic, how's the locker room going to be? What's the tension going I, I, I to be? The I move? can imagine.
3: Yeah. I mean, like from, 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 yeah. what, from what I could tell with the, with the Forgotten Sons, uh, I forgot the I forgot which wrestler, it was. it was Riker, right? Yeah. Was, who tweeted about the support for Trump, and he's doing a great job, blah, blah, blah. I forget exactly what the exact tweet was, but it was just so, it was, again, tone deaf. Yeah. It, it was tone deaf, like his, his tweet. And, from what I'm hearing, it's causing a lot of waves in that locker room. Some people have spoke out about it vocally on social media. I think Kevin Owens was one of them that was very outspoken about, you know, about what Riker said. But then, like, you know, there apparently there are a lot of others that didn't necessarily voice out publicly, but are feeling a certain way. And uh, the heat apparently is nuclear with him. And it's a shame because you have two other individuals with him with forgotten sons, and that's gonna feel that same heat.
2: Yeah, they are, you know, unfortunately. And then how, how do you, how, how, uh, how do we as wrestling talent are going to react to those people? Because one of our things that, that in our business is that, you know, at every show we shake everybody's hand, okay? And you know yeah. that, we all do it's, it. it's a big wrestling, thing
3: about yeah.
2: respect, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a big thing of respect, but like how would I feel that somebody just advocated my death and then he comes to the show, hey, Jaden, let me, you know, how you doing, brother? How would I feel? How do I react to that? Do I shake the man's hand, right? Do I do the proper thing? Or do I say, you know what? I don't ever want to talk to you ever again. It's just going to cause so many problems. And then do I act angry? Because maybe acting angry won't be the point. Maybe it just continues to add fuel to the fire. Do wrestlers now in locker rooms are going to take sides? Are they going to not change together? It's going to be very interesting. I want to find that when we, wrestling comes back, when wrestling's unpaused, that we come to a, a locker room united, you know, with a common cause. But you know what? I don't know if that's going to happen, guys. I really don't. MJP, what do you think about this?
1: It's hard. I mean, it's hard for me to put into words what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. You know, I was one of those guys when the first Black Lives Matter came out. I was one of those guys that said all lives matter, right? Yes. I was, and then I was watching, a I think it was a late-night talk show, and there was some guy on it, and he just simply broke it down in a way, and the light bulb went off. I'm like, oh, huh, yeah, that does sound stupid. And since then, I got it. I got what Black Lives Matter. Randy Orton put it in a tweet. Black lives I was can- going to say,
3: Randy, Randy Orton put it perfectly, yeah.
1: All lives can't matter until black lives do. And that was another simplistic way of putting it. Like, yeah, that makes sense.
3: A lot of people are re- repeating those same words that Randy Orton has said since yeah. uh, that are not, non-wrestling related. Because it, that was, <laughs> of, of all people, Randy Orton, right? Yeah. Uh, to put it so eloquently.
1: Very eloquently, um, yeah.
3: It, it just makes so sense. It's like a light bulb clicks off. It's like, yeah, you, you know, he's right. All lives cannot matter until black lives And I'm
1: going to sound really stupid here, so I apologize. Maybe the way I was brought up. Maybe I'm very naive. Uh Maybe maybe I'm very simple. But, like, Mark's a big fan of AEW, right? I don't watch it. Uh I don't hate it. I'm not a fan of it. I'm a WWE guy. Mark's an AEW guy. We disagree. We can't agree on things. I hate you. Fuck you. You're an asshole. Right? I just can't wrap my head around hating somebody for the color of their skin. They, They didn't choose to be black. You know what i'm saying i I just i just understand hating somebody looking down on somebody because their parents had skin color was a certain color and that's something i just never understood i'm like why are you hating on this guy
3: because he doesn't look like you that do you hear yourself do you see how stupid that sounds when you step away the hate for it to go that deep to go that deep where you kill someone during a pandemic yes
1: yeah not even a pandemic you uh, put
3: your knee on the back of their neck suffocating them for eight minutes Change. I, I, inter- change.
1: I understand that putting the knee in the back Is a way to subdue the guy But the guy was on the ground, handcuffed
3: mm-hmm.
1: Saying he can't breathe Like I don't want to watch the video I, I watch clips of it, I can't watch the whole thing But I was watching yeah. TV over the weekend, Comedy Central I knew a couple of those stations Ran the full eight and a half minutes Or nine minutes, whatever it was And all it said was, I can't breathe The guy breathing said, I can't breathe For nine and a half minutes, uninterrupted I'm like, wow, I mean, at what point do you get up? Oh, point to the other three guys. Say, all right, enough's enough. He's good.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I should understand. And uh, I was watching uh, Conan O'Brien. I'm a fan of Conan O'Brien. And this past the whole week, he uh-huh. had prominent black voices on to discuss the situation. And one of them was a good friend of his, Sam Richardson. He was on Veep. I don't know if you guys watched Veep. He's a very funny uh-huh. young man. And he was talking about how this isn't new to him. And one story that stuck out to me was he was telling a story when he was 12 years old. He was in I think Target or Walmart, one of those stores. And all of a sudden, he got surrounded by the manager. The cop came. He was held into the office and he said you know i know what you did you stole something you're gonna go to jail I confess right now and he had no clue what they were talking about so long story short they went to the video and there's a video of him putting a watch in his pocket so they thought he stole a watch the story was if you watch the whole video the cops watched the whole video he was wearing the watch took it off to try in a baseball glove but all the manager saw was a black guy putting a watch in his pocket wow and i'm like
3: why so it was his own watch that he's been he, was putting in his he took
1: off himself Put it in his pocket because he wanted to try, and he was twelve years old. He was a kid. He was, and it, again, it goes back to the, just because he's looks different than you, I, I don't understand.
3: So, so I someone put it best. Um, I, f- I forgot who it was, but you know, it was a black man t- talking to to his white friends, talking to uh, white people in general about like you know what they go through, you know, and, and he put it so perfectly, it just clicked for me, you know. Picture that you're in a race, right? You're uh, it's you against someone else. It says go, but you, now you're held back for 200 meters. So now the person has a 200 meter head start on you, and then you're told finally you can go. It is impossible to catch up to that person, that's it is true. impossible, and that's the unfortunate thing that w- what happened when you know, when you know, black people got certain rights, you know, when they got when they were freed, you know, when they're when they able to vote. All that, like everything that happened, it was just like so delayed. Back, you know, white people had a hundreds of years a head start. Yep, Uh and you know, it it was the moment like you know, black people started getting more rights in the United States and were deemed equal. That was not the case. How can they be equal when it when there was a two hundred years maybe a head start? I don't don't know. I don't know all the years, but it's just insane. And there's so much work that needs to be done in this country to, to make this right. To it's just it's just so deeply rooted in our country.
1: It's also bad timing because you have these protests and these riots going on. But was it just three weeks ago when these prominently white community people, the guys who carried the AK-47s, carried the Confederate flags, generalizing, stereotyping here, were protesting that they wanted to go to Applebee's. They wanted a haircut. Don't the government can't tell me what I want to do with my bodies? And they were literally getting in the faces and screaming into the, the police department. The police did nothing. They let them protest however they wanted to protest. And now you flip the coin to see what we're seeing now. It's like you, the people posting pictures side by sides of the white people getting the cop's face and the black people getting the cop's faces. And it's, surprise, surprise, completely different outcome. Totally. It's just, totally different outcome. It's just amazing. It's just, I don't understand. I, again, I can't wrap yeah. my head around it.
3: And then in, in, in some of those rallies that you talk about from, like, you know, the protests to open up the country again, you know, you see KKK flags yeah. or you see Confederate flags going on in there. Uh, they, they had automatic rifles. It, it's and They even showed up to a governor's house, yep. surrounded his house. They would try to barge into Michigan. Michigan you know, they yeah. and, and they, they yeah. tried to barge in there. And they, in one case, they, they put out um, a life-size body. of one of the leaders put the, put the face on and lynched it on a tree. But that's okay. There's no, there's no riot police. There's no batons. There's no curfews. None. There there was none of that. But, but now, you know, there's social justice in the world. And and since the black man is speaking up, uh, now we have a problem apparently.
1: Someone also saying how, you know, JFK was a big problem of civil rights. LBJ was known to be somewhat of a racist, but, he was a big, prominent supporter of civil rights. He met with Martin Luther King all the time. He passed the Civil Rights Act. Although he had his personal feelings, he understood that blacks should be equal. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't stand that they should have civil rights. And someone was saying, you "Now these black people right now, they don't have that leader in the White House. They don't have somebody who has
3: their back in government and leadership right now."
2: No. And it's like there's uh, no leader right now.
3: The Rock um, said it perfectly. You know, the, yeah. I don't know if anyone saw that in a video. I think we all
1: saw it by now. But yeah.
3: Uh, the rock. If, if you haven't you need to because what he said was so profound i've never seen anything like this before from the rock personally i've never known him to speak out about politics uh i've never seen him look so pissed yeah and it was controlled pissed as you can see in there and the, the whole the whole theme of it is where are you where are you i'm
1: saying he's a republican I and mean, many more republicans I, calling out the republican leadership saying what are you doing
2: Listen, I, I, I could can, I can jump on that bandwagon. You know, we need more Republicans to step up to the plate. I'm sorry. I know I know I know I could get very critical. I know I could get very uh, vocal about stuff, but I really believe that the current Republican leadership and the current Republican elected officials uh, shouldn't even be called Republicans. It should be called the private interest party. Because, again, where are they? Where are they? I mean, really? You're not stepping up to the plate? You're not seeing the injustices going on? You're not saying, hey, you know what? I don't support this. No. It's, it's, not, almost, like yeah. yeah. it's yeah. almost like they're
3: afraid that they're going to lose their base. It's almost like they're afraid that they're going to, like, it's almost like they know yeah. that the KKK backed them, or they, they know that the racists backed them, or they, they, they know, like, you know, like people are for, like, you know, oh, like, actually, I'm sorry, with well, the police unions, that they uh-huh. backed them up. You know, they, they, they're afraid. They're so afraid to lose their backing, to lose their footing in this, to lose any chance they possibly have in, in the modern world to run for office, to be in a to be a leader in this world, and I'm using the term leader very loosely here because I, I haven't seen any leadership from the Republican Party other than maybe Mitt Romney, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm using Real that fun, loosely right? as well.
2: Yeah, The only man who stepped up to the plate, really, basically, who said, you know what, no, this is wrong. You know what I'm saying? This goes against mold. This is a goal against what, what we're supposed to be right. You know, it's just uh, it's, it's sickening, guys. It, it pisses me off yeah. so much. Like what's being allowed to happen, like you said, with the armed protesters and all the indifferences, and, the, and again, systemic racism is so alive in our country that we need to stop. And I'll tell you a, a touching story about this. I, I, I read it, uh, and I'm and I'm trying to. Uh, I reach out to the to to the people to the news outlets that, that reported the area that that was destroyed. Okay, uh, pretty much destroyed, decimated over on there a little girl okay a little girl a little african-american girl she worked at her mother's salon the girl is five years old the mother she used to bring her and she used to sweep the hair right small salon nothing big destroyed and she said to her mother mom i, I you know i made the twenty dollars i want to go buy the doll And the fucking store is burned down. Yeah. And she goes, but why? Mommy, why? She said, I, I worked for the... My, uh, why is it not there? I just want to buy a doll. A little girl. Guys, it, it fucking brings me to tears that this is how we, where we have ended up. A little girl just wanted to buy a fucking doll, guys. And her mother's salon was destroyed. Why? Collateral damage is okay? Yeah, right. is, that, is, that, is that what no. we're preaching in the world right now? A none, little girl. And I swear to God, if okay. I find out, I'm sorry, if I find out who she is, I'm going to send her a hundred dollars. Yes. And, and I just most, I, I'm sorry, I most choked up because it was a little girl, a little African-American girl. I, well, why, why did they burn down my mommy's shop? And yeah. why can I go buy this doll? She worked. Her mother paid her a dollar a day because wow. she wanted to buy her old doll. Don't buy it for me, mommy. I'll work for you. Now that you can't get it. Why? Collateral damage? Okay? Oh, for all the people who advocated that this was right. Look at the collateral damage that's left. A lot of stuff is wrong in this world. And this is what
3: happens. That, that's what the thing with alluding to. is just like these small businesses that are being looted are the ones that are hurting the most out of all of this. And it's, it's bad enough that they're going through the pandemic. It's bad yeah, enough. Yeah. That, that you know they've been losing business, a like crucial business. Like you know, like you know, you look at a company like Macy's, and I'm sure they're hurting, but nowhere near like you know the boutique shops and and like you know the small businesses that we have um, in the local communities out there. And and on top of this, and they're, they're getting looted, they're, they're getting burned down, and there's no way for them. There's no way for them to open back up. And they're, they're hard work. They're they're. Yeah their dreams their desires and what they have for the kids. Uh, that's, that's sad. And not to say, you know, losing property um, to lose, to lose a, a business is worse than losing a life. I'm not saying that, you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, all, all around, like, we, we, we've, we've lost it. We've lost yeah. it completely as, as a, as a culture, as a society, it's just gotten down to this where it's just, it's just chaos. There's chaos out there. There's no rhyme or reason. There's there's no uh, there's no rationale. There's there's no listening. There's no there's there's nothing. It seems like and you know I, I know a lot of the big companies they're they're putting out their statements and all, but I think it's just more to put out a statement. I think action needs to be done. Um, it, it, you know I, I I want to try to bring it back to wrestling as much as I can here. You know WWE made a statement actually about this as well. I'm sure you guys saw that. Yeah. Do you guys feel? Uh, how do you guys feel about WWE's statement about this? Do you, do you feel uh, it was just words that were a little too late? Um, I, I, I was I was surprised to see that it, they, me personally, I felt like they dragged their feet a bit.
1: No, I don't think so. The statement was it had to be made; they made it. Um, I don't think it was too late. I think if they would have. They didn't say anything. It would look bad, but they just had to say something. Hmm. I'm happy they did. It was well worded, well put together. I think if they did it too soon, it would look weird. They did it too late. It would look bad. I think the timing was right.
3: Fair enough. Fair enough. Jaden, what do you think?
2: I think uh, I think opposite MJP. I think that they should have maybe done it a little earlier. I think right now okay. companies like them, you know, and Amazon and Uber, it's, it's, it's like they're doing it because they realize that if they don't, they're losing out on a big segment of their money, which is coming right. from blacks and it, and, it, and, and, and minorities.
3: It seemed like like all these major companies were just waiting for the first one to do it. Which one of the balls to do it? And I have to say, you know, you look at someone like, like Ben and Jerry's uh, very profound statement that they made. And that would, you can tell like that was, that was some real shit that they were saying. Uh, WWE. I love WWE. I want more than words. I, I would hope more than words from them. You know, I, I get it. Vince McMahon is friends with Donald Trump. I get that. But, you know, it, it, fuck politics. Fuck all that. You know, like, look at the people that you have in your roster. Mm-hmm. You, you made Kofi Kingston not too so long ago your world heavyweight champion, a black man who was in your company for 11 years. You, you have some rising talent in there. You have Bian- Bianca Belair. You have, you, you have the Street Profits. You, know, you, have, you have a long history of black wrestling. You had The Rock, the, he's one of the biggest characters you've had in wrestling, who is part black. You need more action. Hey, words, words are just words. W- what do you do? What do you do here? Uh, I would what love do to see do, something yeah.
2: from WWE. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd like to see them do more. I just think that uh, right now you're right, Mark. You know, It's just words. What do, do? what do you do? What do you do? I can say, Mark, you can say, MJP can say, Black Lives Matter, We support it. And then that's it. We're done. Right. What do you do? What do, you, what do we do as individuals to make sure that we take the steps that hopefully stuff like this doesn't happen again. What do big corporations do? You know what I'm saying? And in, in the WWE, you have a lot of minorities in the WWE who, who are uh, top stars. Okay, a lot where it never used to be. Okay, what do you do? You're right. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here as a world, as a community, as a world, as a wrestling community? What do we do? where do, where do we go? You know? And, I, and, and that keeps me that keeps me up at night, guys. Sometimes just thinking. What can we do to make this world better in all aspects?
3: I I think about that myself. You know, I I have a small following. I'm not necessarily a Tom Cruise actor, but I am an actor. I do have a voice. Uh, You know, I I think every day, you know, what I can do. And I've reflected back, especially during this pandemic, there's not really much else I can do as far as go outside in the world. But, you know, I, I think back, you know, to anything that I may have said or anything, any of my previous thoughts or anything like that at all. And you know, I think, you know, man, what can I do? What what are things I could do to be a better person, to be a, a better brother to society? And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's tough to think about it. It's little things I could do right now, man. Like, you know, obviously we all know I'm broke right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting any money from, from the acting world it's not like I can even donate really but like you know I, I do have a small platform I do have a small voice that I can use and I'm trying to promote um, yes. awareness for this you know I, I have done work as an actor showing um, basically a light on the subject in a web series called freedom that I've done you know so there's there are small things that I've been trying to do but you know you see these bigger companies out there you see these these bigger celebrities uh but whether they're wrestling figures, whether they're celebrities in their own right, and actors or singers or, or what have you, politicians, you know, they have a bigger voice. They have more money. They have more resources. And, you know, we do look at them to maybe take more action uh, if it's something they genuinely believe in. You know, And at a time like this, you know, when, when humanity, when we're supposed to be bonded together by what's going on, you would hope that more people would step up. Yes, we
2: do. You do. I I I could real quick. I contribute to like the when we were going, we were still going through the pandemic, but when we were in the, in the uh, I guess in the hot zone of the pandemic, the middle stages, right? And everybody was posting, and I will look on TV, and all the actors, please stay home, please stay home. It's very easy for you to stay, yep. say that to stay home when you live in a mansion yep. and you have pools and you have it like a play yard, okay? Not a lot of us have that. Eight so rooms, when you yeah. yeah, exactly. So when you're privileged enough, okay. Like the people who have it, like you said, Mark, we're working class people. We're trying to make something of ourselves, trying to live a dream, you know, but when you, when you reach those levels, please don't just put out a commercial that says, "Please stay safe, please stay home. Do something." I was happy when I saw old, like uh, the, what was the Patriots owner that sent all the hundred thousand of masks down to New York City. And yeah. all these other people who flew stuff, okay, and the mark, and the mark uh, I'm sorry, who's the, the owner of that uh, Mark Cuban. The, uh, Mark Cuban, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Him doing things, having his private plane, sending food, sending stuff like that. That is what you do when you have the means to do it. Okay? You have the means to do it. You uh, yeah. you, 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 yeah. be, you be a leader. You be a leader in this world. Yes. You set the example. I Especially when, how... when so many people follow you. They'll, they'll listen mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, they do. You know, I don't have it like that. But you know what I do, Mark? I go out and feed the homeless. Okay? That's what I do. That's my part. That's how, what I contribute to help, you know, things go. And then, you know what I'm going to do also? I'm going to try to find the right candidates. I'm going to vote for the right people that can go up there and make change. That's what I would do.
3: Amen.
1: Amen. Eric, you talked about the story about the little black girl saving money to uh, buy a doll. Yes. Remind reminded me of a video I saw recently of a little girl. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was a concert or a picnic. It was a, in the park, a little black girl, maybe two years old, mm-hmm. giving away hugs to everybody. Like wow. she would just walk up to people and give them, like if they were sitting down, she would tap them on the shoulder and give them a hug. That's awesome. Blacks, whites, Asians, Spanish. But she, no matter no matter what, and it reminded me of this picture I saved on my phone. I looked at uh-huh. the date. I say this February in 2013. I had this picture on my phone for seven years now. It's a quote, wow. from, it's a quote from Dennis Leary, uh-huh. a funny comedian. He goes, racism isn't born, folks. It's taught. I have a two-year-old son. he hates, naps. End of lists. <laughs> uh, again, sure. I just understand, like, That's well you see all these kids yep. who are hugging each other and they don't give a shit what you look like. Yep. So it is so? something that is taught and hopefully... Uh, it, in sooner rather than later because it, it
2: goes into that video that I also saw uh, where uh, there was a, a little African- American kid who I guess he was I guess when I get from the video he was away right yeah. maybe he was sick for a couple of days and then when he came back it, and it was five, it, I believe they were five years old uh, 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 like a kindergarten class the little African American kid came back and all the kids ran and they all hugged each other yeah and I said wow you know what I'm saying Color didn't matter. They missed. Oh, we missed you. How you been? That's. They were talking to each other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. I saw a picture, and of...
2: they're saying, "I mean, I love that, and I wish the world could be like that." But it's not, no. guys. It's
3: not. It's not, it's not just yeah. in our country either. It's not just with black people. There, there, there's racism all around. You know, you, oh. you look, you, you you can look even like, uh, you know, my mom is from Peru, so I go to Peru a lot, and you know, um, not necessarily black people, but you know, there are people of darker color. Uh, you know that are are Spanish or Peruvian in this case, and they're pretty much isolated to the mountains in these little huts. What you're talking about? You know, and, um, you yeah. you look around like, you know, you look and see what happens with, with China and Hong Kong. You look around and you see what's going on in the Middle East. You look around and see in Africa. You look around and just see everywhere. It's worldwide, and it's not just black and white. It, it's yeah. hate. It's just so deep, and for what? For what? I mean hell, I mean we could even look this month is gay pride month, right? hmm Yep. The, the hate that's that's towards gay people. For what? Why? Do yeah. it World War Two. The Jews, the hate. Almost a whole race eliminated from this earth. Yeah. Close. Close. Close, very close. close. Yeah, no. Hate. Hate is powerful. Hate can divide. Hate can destroy our world. And I think it's up to us, you know, the good people in this world to speak up and say no more. No more hate. We need, Let's put an end to this.
1: We need love. We need positivity. And it's a great week to have this interview, Mark, with Brother yes. Greatness.
3: Yes. Brother Greatness, I mean, as you said, Putty, uh, you know, <laughs> I have had my, my own personal issues with him and BWF. Uh, So it was very interesting to have that dynamic with him in this interview. But uh, if there's any interview that's important for us to have right now, it is Brother Greatness, a man of the faith. And uh, you're going to see more of that in this interview here. What is up? It is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Swan. And uh, this is a little awkward for me. Uh, usually I'm, I'm, you know, very professional and I'm going to do my best to keep it together here. I've never interviewed someone I despise before, but here we are, ladies and gentlemen, the BWF Cruiserweight Champion, Brother Greatness.
0: Hallelujah amen. Thank you so much, Brother Mark. I'm, I'm glad we're able to sit down together, break bread Buy a podcast together and, uh, you know, become closer as individuals and brothers on a spiritual level. Here I right here on a shot arrest. This I,
3: I must have been quarantined for way too long to agree to do this.
0: <laughs> Love it. So excited. So excited to sit here and talk to you, my brother. Oh.
3: How, how, how have you Thank been holding you. up?
0: Things things have been good on my side. It's a lot of praying, a lot of working out, and a lot of eating food. Just trying to gain weight and, and just pray for the people who are taking a lot of losses. You know, a lot of a lot of people have passed regrettably. Um, obviously, a lot of people have recovered. Thank the Lord, and um, just trying to stay focused on uh, on the positive versus the negative.
3: Absolutely. Well, you know, brother, greatness. Uh, you know, putting our personal feelings aside here, I have been paying attention to what you've been doing, and you know, I, I see you've been holding a pair of services and everything uh, during this time. And I I think that is actually amazing uh, what you're doing there. Uh, Can you talk a little bit more about that?
0: Um, Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I I think I did three of them so far. And the first one was was just something I felt like I I really needed to do um, just because there was a lot of people reaching out to me just saying, hey, listen, you know, I'm not spreading this all over all over the planet. But, you know, my sister um, has COVID, you know, my brother, my friend, you know, all, all these people were sick. You know, a lot of people kept to themselves. A few people reached out to me like, hey, pray for me. And I, I tend to get that a lot in general. Someone just says, pray for me. I'll, you know, privately It's what it is. But a lot of people reached out. Personally, I was struggling with what was going on with uh, with Alfred. Um, right. Alfred Parsard. Uh, I just felt like the first time I did, I just said, hey, you know, maybe doing this live might be helpful. They say, right, they say in the Bible when two and three are gathered together an agreement of a thing, you know, it, that thing will be done in the name of the Lord. I'm kind of paraphrasing the verse a little bit, but... right. The, the first time was you important.
3: did that was, was like right when the news got out about Alfred, right? The, yeah, yeah. Sure it, was, it was around the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that hit the, the indie wrestling community pretty hard because anyone that's worked with Alfred just knows he's such a good guy. Uh, someone's a pleasure to be around and he's hardworking and uh, to see that happen to him and you see the picture, the, the visual of him, like, you know, struggling with that, it, it was... It's one thing to hear about it, but to see it, it's, it just really, um, it throws you off.
0: Yeah, no, it's, 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 it was terrible, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, outside the ring, you know, he's, he's legitimately my best friend. You know, we're, we, we're at each other's houses all the time. We know each other's families, you know, both our mothers love each other, like, it's, it's a whole thing, so it, it was rough. I'm not going to say it's the roughest thing going on. I knew people who lost their parents and all that kind of stuff. But it was just that specific one kind of hit home for a lot of people. And Alfred also was always, pray for me, pray for me. I was like, you know what? Let's just put it out for the world to see. And uh, that's how the first one happened. The second one was a member of his family reached out to me when Alfred was looking really, really dark. And straight up said, hey, can you do this? Do what you did again on Facebook Live, please. And in the midst of my crying, I tried to do it. I had family in my my home. We we all live in a, in a big complex uh, so some family coming to my section of the home and uh, just kind of help help me get through. And then the third one, which not as many people were on, was just thanking God for putting out, getting Alfred through, getting a lot of people through, and uh, just praying that the people who took a loss that their souls would still be all right. It, the idea of it is well with my soul, despite uh, despite everything going on. So it's 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 been rough and it's it's turbulent and doing those prayers. Isn't something I enjoy doing per se. Right. Um, it takes a lot, but, but it worked. I, I feel like it's, it's helpful.
3: It, it, it definitely worked. Um, you know, you, you see, you know, his recovery, Alfred's recovery. Granted, yes, there have been lives that have been lost, but you know, it, it does help people go through these these troubling times. Even if you're not ultra religious, during these times, so you do want to turn to something or to some sort of faith or some sort of belief. And uh, that's what religion is about. And, uh, and it's good that you were able to be there for these people. And it sounds like maybe even for yourself.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, just, so, it was just so multifaceted. And it's very interesting that a, a 20, 30-minute Facebook Live video can make people feel together even though they aren't. So I don't know. It's just, it's just powerful. I'm just glad that everyone had each other's back. Even when you look through the comments, it's just a lot of people loving on each other. And being vulnerable, um, it really had nothing to do with me. It's just people coming together and reaching out to the Most High, whether they're Christian, Muslim, atheist—who cares? Like <laughs> all of us, just taking those energies and just bringing it out to the universe, and just saying, "Like we're humble, we're here, and we just we just want to grow and be better together." Like mm-hmm. this is important.
3: Have you always been this spiritual?
0: Um, it's it's always been waves and levels, but my family. Um, my great grandfather was a pastor, so my, it's it's almost like a family thing at this point. I really got more into it when I had my own personal struggles when I was younger, and I argued a lot about like little things, like how's there how's Adam and Eve here? They had two kids. How are there a bunch of more kids? This doesn't make sense, Bible. Like I was one of those people. I was the skeptic child Christian, asking too many questions, <laughs> being aggravated. And at some point, I realized that if you're going to live a life on this plane, like even if you don't believe there's something greater, which I do, but at that time, I was struggling with it. It's like, what kind of life are you living? What do you want from your life? And when I started realizing what I wanted, equated at least on a personal level, to what's being taught in Christianity and several other religions, that's when it started kind of clicking. Like, wait a second, I want to be good. I want to be joyful. I want to do something greater than myself. I want to serve others. Like, that that's the kind of person I want to be. And uh, in my journey and thinking about switching, like, converting to another religion and such, I realized that, you know, at least for me with Christianity, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior, connected with me in a different way than everything else. So, that's kind of where everything spiked right before college.
3: Right off the bat, when you start wrestling, did you know right away this is something you wanted to incorporate into your character?
0: I was very unsure. I was all over the place. I wanted to be just a Bayesian wrestler. You know, you see all the blue and yellow colors. I was going to use my accent, uh, put it on a little more than I need to, talk about Mango and Playing Fish and all kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. Like, throughout my first run, I was in a group called The Black. It was very black power-focused, that kind of thing. Led by Greg Jones, <laughs> of all people, actually. <laughs> um, and after my injuries, so I never really got to be Brother Greatness. I was, I had the cross, but I didn't, there was no hallelujahs, there was no dancing, no colors. I was just, you know, part of the stable. So when I got hurt and came back and then finally worked for Bronco, you know, for Bronco and then, you know, that, that whole group, um, you know, first person you think of is Bronco, right? PWF? <laughs>
3: yeah, of course. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. But when I started working over there, um, no one's telling me to be a part of a group. I'm not managing anyone. There's no no one saying, hey, this is what you're doing. They just said, oh, yeah, you're wrestling today. So um, this is what you got. Figure it out. And I was like, great. So I just got to be me. <laughs> and it, coming off the head injury. I never thought I was going to wrestle again. So the first thing I'm thinking is my wrestling must be for Christ. So, boom, that that just goes straight to that. Otherwise, you would have seen a much more confused young man trying to throw mangoes at the crowd, probably.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, your character exploded. I mean, it's not necessarily a gimmick for you. I mean, yes, it's you, but it's you times 10. And uh, obviously, you know, the the fans gravitate towards that because you have a personal connection to this character.
0: Yes, it's, it's really barely one, you know, you ask anyone who talks to me outside of a show, like, I'm not, neither myself nor the character tries to play like we're the perfect Christian or anything like that, we're just, just trying to live a very fun life, and just make it about, and just make it for Christ, you know, that's, that's all it is, and everyone can see that it's, it's a fact, like, you don't have to speak to me to know, like, no, he's not just kind of doing this, like, there's, there's more behind it, you can tell.
3: You, you obviously, you know, your theme music, I, I've, I've hit you up before on the side, it's too damn catchy almost. Like I, I, I catch myself, like, your song stuck in my head, like, God damn it, Brother Greatness. <laughs> 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 um, how did that come to be, though? You know, was that something you own doing? Did someone help you out with the music? You know, because a part of your character is the music, I think. I think they go hand in hand.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, not not to be petty, I just wish more wrestlers kind of did what I'm about to explain. I hate hearing a song and having an emotional connection to something else when I'm trying to watch a wrestler. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing here, guys? Well, I'm hearing the Family Matters theme. Like, I want to I wanna focus on you, not her.
3: Yeah, unless uh, that, that is the character.
0: Well, unless, yeah, that's different, you know? But for me, I, I used to come out to Kurt Franklin's Revolution. Awesome song, you know? Do you want a revolution? And I'm just, but my thought process was, you know, copyrights. Exactly. That's my first thought. It's, it's terrible for every promoter trying to put up your stuff to have to see a big copyright claim pop up. So, uh, excuse me, I asked uh, a friend of mine, my friend Corey Douglas. Uh, he's one half of a production group called Provider. They're up and coming trying to do their thing. And back in 2013, before I hurt myself, I was speaking to him. I said, listen, I, I need theme music. He's not a wrestling fan. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, theme music for what? <laughs> like, he's so confused. And I'm like, listen, I just need you to make some really high energy Christian music, like something you hear at the beginning of a song service when the when the the praise team comes out, like something just duh, 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 is that exact sound is <laughs> it and he goes, all right cool I'll, i I got you and about a month later, he sends me three different versions of the same greatness song, and uh, I literally use all three of them just randomly. Like I never think about it. So there's three different versions of the greatness song, and they all play randomly, especially at BWF. I never know which which track they're using.
3: That's interesting. I, I feel like did they all sound like similar? Because I I, I never noticed like um, yeah, the
0: it's it's remastered versions of the exact same of the exact same beats. Like the first That's one's rougher. Yeah, this one of them has like an extra. T- like a little extra snare drum like so they're all a little different
3: huh wow i feel like my mind is blown right now <laughs> next next shows i'm gonna to have to like figure out which one's which
0: it's like what's going on here. If, if you hear the snare drum,
3: that's when you know that's that's the best one. But you know, it, it's it's funny, you know, with uh with the entrance songs, the most iconic ones, the like the, within like the first note or two, you know, you just know right away who that is. Like you hear the gong, and right away you, who you think of, The Undertaker. Undertaker, yeah. And I, you know, I hear the one the one beat from yours, and right away I just know Brother Greatness. So um, you know, obviously, you know, it it helps with the marketing, it helps with your brand. So uh, kudos to you, man. I mean that. That definitely helps complete the package
0: you know not everyone's gonna get signed i don't know if i ever will but i think it's very important that what we're doing on this level for these fans i really feel like it's, it's important for us to give it the best that that we have if you have the access to music everyone's coming out to music do what you can to make it special and different because I don't want to hear Rough Riders when I see a wrestler comes. I don't want to hear all these famous songs. I want to know you before you come out. That, that's what I want. I feel like some people watch my matches want to see the entrance. And they're like, all right, we're good, we're good.
3: <laughs> well, you get, it, it gets the fans hyped right away because your, your character is just so over. Obviously, I get every show like I do commentary for with you, whether it's BWF or if it's another show, uh, your character is always so over. And the moment they hear the music, they're on their feet. They're clapping along and they're going hallelujah with you. It's it's infectious. I call you a cult leader out there because it seems like that's who you are. You're, you're a cult leader. You're leading these people to go, Lord knows what. <laughs>
0: It's funny, you always say the cult leader thing. In my mind, I'm just leading them to praise. That's it. Whatever you, whatever you got to do, man. Like, hallelujah just means praise the Lord. You figure out what you're doing with your praise. I know what I'm doing with mine.
3: That's funny. <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, BWF, I mean, we talk about off the air about, you know, you're not necessarily leaving early. You know, you never, because you, you're always tourists like the later in the car or a lot of times main event as well. You, you brought eyes to the Cruiserweight division, especially BWF you've definitely got a strong push what goes into that
0: i mean uh just with that backstage thing i feel like with wrestling on on every level too i think from the 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 little 12 year olds fighting in a park all the way up to to vince and the rest doing what doing what needs to be done in the largest company i don't want to call it petty but i feel like it's very just like eh, this is what seems to work let's do it or i think this would work let's do it uh for me my first year at BWF, which I think a lot of people don't realize, um, I'm not inherently a BWF guy. I turned into one. I wasn't trained there. That's not my first home, but now that's who I'm considered as, for better or worse, usually for better. And I lost ten out of eleven of my first matches at BWF. I just just straight losses. Um, there's one win in the middle in the middle there, and then the cruiserweight tournament at the tournament I won the championship. So that decision was almost kind of made. Due to how often I went to training because I, I was training there at the time, uh, how much I was helping other workers, uh, showing up on time, leaving late, just that—that that was the the decision makers just going, "This is the guy who's working the hardest for this, and the crowd cares about him." So here you go. That that that's really all it was. Um,
3: is that always the I, case? though? because how often do we see uh, you know people working hard? You know, doing all the right things, getting over with the crowd, but they don't necessarily get that push. It's not necessarily a knock on you, but it was just saying, yeah. like, you know, other people, they do put in the work. Yeah, uh, now you're yeah, scene. Well, you, you see even WWE, I mean, we see seen it with Zack Ryder time and time again, over with the crowd, That's putting true. in the work. Never got to yeah, push. it's just
0: a matter of uh, getting the opportunity. Because a lot of guys at I I didn't think I was winning. I didn't know I was winning the title that night. I found out not even five minutes before we went out. Like, I had no idea. I thought I was going to be in the Rumble um, <laughs> when I was on my way to the show. I didn't know. It was really just a matter of them giving people an opportunity. They saw how the crowd reacted to me despite despite what was going on with booking. Like, I was losing. I was just there to put somebody else over. So they they gave me the opportunity. I ran with it. Like And they kept booking around me. I got to give them great credit for just always just just making sure I'm with quality people so that we can tell great stories. Chris Cage loved 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 that story. Don't don't not in love with the man. We have, that that was a very that was a very real story. Honestly, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, so
3: uh,
0: that, that's pretty much a shoot tale because he he was the guy who was helping me when I first started wrestling in 2011. He was the one who was going through roles with me, bumps, uh, him and whiplash. They they put me through everything. And when we start getting to know each other, we bumped heads a lot on everything, (laughs) religion, uh, politics, uh, anything involving women, uh, wrestling. We disagree on everything. So it was, it's real, it was. a very real. It a very real story with, with that one. Me and Mantis it was very the, real. The, the,
3: weird... the chemistry in the ring though is is off the charts. Though I mean, you guys told the story very well. It looks like the story is even evolving more so. But like you know, you just your chemistry with with Chris Cage with Mantis. Even I feel like with anyone you've been in the ring with, Nikos Ricos. I mean, it's just off the charts.
0: Yeah, again, it's just it's really just about the energy that people are putting through. I kind of do the same. The joke is all the joke for a while is I always do the same thing when I hit the ring. But for me, from planning matches, everything I just want to see what my person wants, and the minute I know what they want to do, I'm just going to plug in the brother greatness stuff. You know, we don't need we don't need to do a thousand Spanish flies and shooting star presses to make the crowd care. That that's all I care about. The crowd needs to care, and I want my guy to feel like he got everything he wanted to do. Not moves, just in terms of story, out out for the world to see. And if you get both of those at the same time, you're always going to win.
3: You know, I have to say, you know, say what you will about what I say in commentary. I do respect the hell out of you, what you do in the ring. You know, you do bring it time and time again. I actually, I, I hate to admit this. I hate to admit this, especially to you, but I do look forward to seeing your matches uh, anytime go to BWF.
0: Uh, that, that's sweet, my brother. Next that, that time I come, I'll pass you across on the way. Oh, you know, let's pass not go
3: you. that far. Let's not go that far.
0: <laughs> Me and you and buddy, man, we're going to be the greatest commentary team ever, all
3: through. <laughs> well, the last the last show, actually, you did join me on commentary for a little bit there.
0: That, 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 was, that was a lot of fun for a, for a certain period of time. <laughs> I was enjoying myself. They called me a snake. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs>
3: hey, you know what? I, I think of something right away, and I go with it.
0: <laughs>
3: okay. You know, I, I can't call it as wait I see it. it. Now, Brother Greatness, you know, kind of backtracking a bit, though, you know, when you told you were getting that push, you know, you said, uh, you know, you didn't even think you are going to be in that in that tournament, you thought you were going to be in a Rumble, what was going through your head?
0: Uh, I didn't have much time to, to have anything go through my head. I finished the second match, the final match against Mantis was coming up, I never met the guy, I've never seen him before in my life. He comes to the back, you know, Mantis, tall guy, ripped, so I'm talking to his abs, pretty much, and... <laughs> You know, Booker pulls me to the side and goes, "Hey, listen, um, you're winning." I'm like, "I am," and then he goes, "Also, um, you're getting attacked." I'm like, "I am," and then I get pulled again. So this is what you're getting attacked. Oh with. yeah, my boys oh, attacked okay.
3: you. Satuji attacked you that night. Yeah, <laughs> I do
0: remember that. That was a great night. Jaden gave me a Canadian destroyer. I'm like, I am not that large. You had so many other options. Why did you have to drill my head into the back? Hey, unnecessary.
3: Oh, man. You just bring back so many great memories there.
0: Yeah, but I I didn't have time to think. By time I didn't even get to, we didn't even call the match. Like, the music hit. I was like, oh, where's my flag? Like, (laughs) there was nothing in my mind. Nothing went through my mind until all the segments and everything was over. Everyone was finally leaving the ring after the match and the assault and the promo after the assault. And all this other stuff. And I just looked at the the title. I see people starting to make their way out. I'm thinking the lights are going to turn on any second. And then it hit me. And I just started weeping like a, like, baby. So.
3: Wow. Uh, you know, the same thing kind of happened with Don McDonough. I felt the same way. You know, didn't actually know what was going on into it. You know, we had our, we had our feelings that TJ Marconi was going to win, was going to retain. And next thing you know, I, I actually, I didn't even know too. Like I took a spot from TJ afterwards. I'm down to ground selling, selling, selling. And uh, I hear one, two, three, and I hear our music being played. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. What's going <laughs> on here? Is this a mistake? <laughs> Go in there celebrating. It's like, all right, nothing's happened. We won. Dominic De Niro won. He's a new champion. It's just, like, surreal.
0: Uh, you know? Yeah, and that's, uh, woo, the word swerve. <laughs> I, no, I had no clue either. You know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the Sasujians for good reason, but Dom's a little different. Dom's first match was against me in FTW. Like, I've seen his entire journey for the most part. I mean, despite everything, like just seeing him with singles gold and be the biggest one, and in my home, yeah, that was really special, man.
3: No, absolutely, S- same here, man. Like, uh, there's some pictures of, of us celebrating around, and you see my face. Those like true reactions right there. It's like shock, mm-hmm. happiness. Like, is this real? Uh, it was, yeah. it was awesome to see, and I can imagine it was probably the same for you after you won your cruiserweight championship there at BWF. But, you know, yeah. talking more about BWF in general, I mean, you know, you've been part of it for some time. I'm relatively newer to the game than you are uh, as far as to the company. I, walk us through the el- evolution of BWF.
0: BWF was around forever. Bronco was really just given an opportunity to young guys who wanted to be wrestlers to to get trained to be wrestlers. Um, Really, with this level in mind, like not really thinking about them getting signed, just almost like a like beat the streets kind of situation. Um. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's 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 grown from that because uh, after a while, BWF got kind of a sour reputation due to the fact that a lot of the a lot of the kids there would go be like, "Yeah, I'm a trained wrestler," and try to play cute about it, and then sometimes they even find a way find their way on a show, and you couldn't see that. It's like you are not supposed to be there, and you know, Bronco Bronco and all those who were involved at the time like evolved up evolved and start getting more quality people and more quality people in. But then the the shows were too long. There were a lot of very small, more of a managerial list of of issues. And then over the last, probably since, I'd say, 2018, you start seeing the evolution because the management team had more help. That's really all it was. It was just more help to make things happen, putting on great commentary. You know, shout out to Buddy. Um, Whoa, whoa, whoa. No no offense, Matt. No offense, Matt. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm hurt.
3: I have feelings too, you know.
0: He's very snazzy. (laughs) Long story short, um, there's just been such a paradigm shift because previously it just wasn't as much management. There were too many matches. you had too many people who found a way on the roster who honestly weren't ready to compete. Um, now a lot of the fat has been cut. It's a lot more focused. Uh, the people who are there are driven and really want the company as a whole to grow, not just themselves. Um, and I think you see that a lot. Be it strong with the Sassuians, with uh, Nikos Ricos, you know, a lot of the people who are there every single show, put on their best face there from the start to the end of the show. I mean, it's it's a whole paradigm shift. And I think it's heavily underrated. Um, it upsets me heavily because right now in New York, there's a whole bunch of shows that happen out of outslides. No disrespect to any of them. But in New York, I really, in New York City at least, you know, no disrespect to Long Island or upstate or anything. But it's really Hog, Warriors, and BWF. Like, th- those are really, you know, BCWs and, and Jersey now. So yeah. those are the three right now. Hog, amazing, awesome. They bring in amazing names, great talent, best show in New York. Blah blah blah. How often are they running? Warriors bringing great names. They're running in Brooklyn, Staten Island. It's great. Some shows are really really good. Some shows, eh? BWF. Every time you have come to a show in the last two years, with very rare exception, has been really knock out the park. Full full shows, Josh Glide's return, sold the place out, I had to send thirty-five people on on home because most of them came to see Josh Glyde. Like, it's it's a huge paradigm shift. And I think if it was anywhere except for the Bronx, I feel like people would be praising it as though it was the level of H. O. G or as though it was Warriors on its best day. That's I, I sincerely believe that.
3: You know, and anyone
0: can co- take me to task on that. Quite, anyone can take me to task on that. I will be the first one to run my mouth about it.
3: I believe that too, actually. like uh, Someone actually had a conversation with me about BWF, and was, was singing our praises actually quite a bit, and they compared us actually to NWA. And I felt that. I, I felt that was a good comparison, because you know we, we do have that um, closeness there. As far as, like, you know, we, we don't have necessarily a big arena, a big space. But, you know, we, we have that, that almost like a studio space there.
0: Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's intimate.
3: And it's intimate. It's storytelling. It's great action to ring. Uh, even how uh, Danny Wall shoots it, too. I mean, it, it just screams professional. Uh, Absolutely. We, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I love BWF. It's become a home to me. I never thought I would call the Bronx home, especially a, a boy coming from Long Island.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm a Brooklyn
3: boy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Calling the Bronx home hurts a little bit sometimes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. But Definitely. here we are. You know, it, it's just um, – I'm glad, like, you know, people that come, people know about BWF. They know what's up. They know what they're getting in for. And I feel like every show just grows and grows and grows. So the the product is still the same. I think mean, the product's still the same. But you're getting great storytelling and great action in the ring. Uh, but I think storytelling goes a long way. It's stuff that you don't necessarily see in other promotions.
0: Yeah, a lot of promotions. They'll tell stories with um, whoever runs the show. Maybe their top guy. Maybe a name's gonna be around for six months or something. You'll do something with them. And even with that, it's usually not that deep. The Bronx Wrestling Federation really only has one person you can call a name, um, and Steve Mack. That's that's about it. Like the rest of No disrespect to any of us, including myself. But we're we're not TV guys. You know, we're not indie legends where workers who've been around for a certain amount of years have busted our butts went to several different schools all congregated to BWF for some reason or the other and we can't just say hey listen you know scorpio sky is gonna be here to-. like that's not happening with right. us. You're, you're not gonna get i mean escape from new york you never know but with the exception of that show it's it's just so-and-so's return brother greatness and nico's killing each other you know, Tyree and Mac are actually killing each other. Like, you know, it's, it's it, as he said, it's all story driven stuff. And if you become invested in their work and I work everywhere, I only really work BWF now. I'm in Jersey. I'm in Delaware. Uh, I'm, I'm all over the place. But with these people, every single segment is driven by story, especially the, in the women's division, Cruiserweight, the tag, everyone. Everyone has something.
3: Yeah, and I, I think that's what keeps people coming back, you know, because with great storytelling, how can you not help fall in love with these characters?
0: If I was a fan, I would want to be at BWF every month. I think my biggest issue would be like, well, one, I'm in the Bronx, and two, all right, when do the show start and end? because I got stuff to do. <laughs>
3: and again, I have to say, with the crowd, it's growing, growing, growing. Like, the last couple of shows we've had, the last, I would say, few shows we had, have been sold out, standing room only. Which is yeah, phenomenal. people out. So Literally
0: the, sending money away. That's amazing.
3: <laughs> so the word is getting around. Like, you know, BWF is the place to be. And I, I'm, I'm just so glad for them.
0: Imagine if we, we become one of the larger places on the independent scene. Like on the level of it Beyond and Northeast Wrestling. I, I won't bring up CZW right now. But, you know, just on, on that kind of totem pole, you know?
3: <laughs> so then um, what, what brought you there?
0: Um, it was kind of a mix of two things. At the time, uh, I was at FTW. You know, you pay like a yearly, a yearly, you don't pay yearly up front, but you do a whole contract thing with them when you're part of their school, blah, blah, blah. So I had a lot of personal stuff going on. I did not want to be lined out in a contract. I just finished my previous one, but I needed to train because I was starting to to wrestle other places. So I said, you know what? The Bronx is the only place that you can just show up, pay a ring fee. If you're already a, a trained professional wrestler, get your reps in. And, uh, you know, going about your business. So I went one day before the anniversary show. I forget what year it is at this point. I think 2017. And I see Bronco. Bronco's there like, hey. <laughs> so, you, know, you know how Bronco speaks. Um, I'm, I'm doing my thing. Laughing, carrying on. But really working hard. About three hours of work. He pulls me to the side. He goes, hey, tomorrow there's an anniversary show. You want to work? You got gear? I'm like, I, I do. <laughs> so, you know, I came the next day to the Battle royal. <laughs> and I worked every single Bronco show. From then on. Wow.
3: You know, a brother greatness, you know, we talk about being the guy. You know, in WWE, you know, we see two tops talent, They you know, step away. So Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch pretty much back to back. In a locker room, when you see that, when you see the top guy or woman go down, what goes through your mind as, as a talent?
0: Um, I'm trying to think if I had the, if I really got to experience that. Um, maybe, you know, with TJ's heart situation, I guess would probably be the closest thing. But honestly, I think for me personally, I don't know if it's the same for everyone else. My thought process is go out, do your job, stay present for opportunity. So if the top guy goes down, it doesn't really change anything for me in terms of like what what I have to do in terms of work, because the the top guy wasn't doing the work I was doing. And I'm not going to go out there and act all of a sudden like I'm doing what he does because it would not be authentic. My job is simple. Connect with the crowd. And, and put on a good wrestling match, and do everything that's important prior to that promos. You know, whatever promotional stuff needs to be done, etc. Does it change it's the, the top five? There's not. It doesn't matter.
3: Does it change the vibe in the locker room? No. Does it become more competitive when you're vying for that spot?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Because you'll get a few guys who kind of, kind of just let it be known. It's like, oh well, I guess I have to take care of the situation. And everyone just kind of like well, shut up. Um, the guys who want those spots or deserve those spots know that they're next in line. So all you really see is maybe the people like the younger guys like myself and, and prior might turn to like the guys who we know are about to be, you know, the next face or what have you and just say, hey, listen, I'm having my match third. Can you look at it? Give me some pointers. So that's probably the biggest change. Who are you going for a two for advice now? Interesting. Um, yeah. And that usually tells you who's, who's going to be the, the big dog now.
3: It's almost like there's already a second person in place to take over that spot. Yeah, I it's
0: I think it's not spoken, but it's like it's just kinda understood. It's like, oh yeah, that, that that's
3: the dude. Yeah, because well politics always are involved and not just wrestling, but anything, but we all know wrestling is very political.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I mean you called me a politician last show, but you know we won't we won't talk about that.
3: <laughs> Do you just write no, down everything? I see I forget all this stuff. <laughs>
0: No, no. You, you, I, I recall, my brother. I forgive.
3: I not forgive. So I'm getting underneath brother greatness skin. Yes, you made my I day. Mean,
0: I, I wouldn't say into my skin, but you're definitely in my cerebellum.
3: Right, the fact that you remember this means I'm getting underneath your skin. You, you just say, it. "I'm getting underneath your skin."
0: Uh, whatever you say, brother man. I, I have I plead the fifth on that one. Three plus two,
3: I'm good. You know, I, I take it then. Either you have an insane memory, or you do watch back your matches quite a bit.
0: Uh, I watch back. As much as I have time to uh, – to anything I do, I make sure I see it. There's certain guys, I don't want to miss their stuff, certain guys and gals. But um, I try to watch everything back for, for the promotions that, that I'm, like, in love with, for lack of a better term. BWF, uh, Test of Strength in Connecticut. Um, I watch back everything that happens there because I consider myself uh, just, like, part of the family. I'm not just there to work. I'm, I'm part of their their success and their failure. So, uh, I'm gonna watch the entire show, see what's happening. Call somebody, be like, "Sir, <laughs> what did you do?"
3: Yeah, do you, when you watch back, do you watch it for entertainment purposes? You're watching it to give insight, or are you watch it to learn. Like, what are you watching for?
0: Probably a little bit of all. I think the biggest thing for me is just understanding where the crowd is uh, for places like that. That's probably the biggest thing. The reason I watch a show start to finish on our level. Um, it's hard to study people who are on your level because they're going to make the mistakes you make. They'll do the same right things you do. Um, So that's a little difficult. But I like to see what the crowd is going through. So it's like, what are they reacting to? What are they spooing? How how do they feel? And it kind of dictates what I kind of want to do on later shows or how I want to present myself. So I'm like, okay, they reacted cool to... Like, you know, Nikos came out with the Star Wars thing. You know, the reaction was like so and so. I know there's a reason for it. Let me change this about my appearance. How about I come out with the robe instead of the flag? How about I do that? Like, and just see what I'm playing with, what color schemes they seem to be reacting to despite the wrestler. So it's like, oh, they like purple right now. I'm going to come out in purple. Like, and it's weird to say, but I've literally done that on the anniversary show. I came out in purple because I saw that they had a weird reaction. Um, towards, I think it was something different Karen was wearing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and it's color psychology. So just trying to pick up what's going on with the crowd, then probably secondarily would be learning. And entertainment purposes, the only people I watch for entertainment, to be completely honest, um, is Too Good, because they are hilarious.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. It's just like, you know, you and Too Good, it's just like a whole group of annoying individuals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are hilarious. <laughs> They're pretty... Their, their interviews and promos are hilarious, no matter how you feel about them. Me and Ace don't get along, but he is hilarious.
3: Well, listen, sometimes it, it takes a lot for me to like not smile a little bit after what they say. But <laughs> you know, it, it still grinds my gears the fact that I lost that bet and I did wear a stupid, too good T-shirt on all my social media platforms. So I'm still bitter it about up. that.
0: <laughs> it looks good on you. Oh, shut up now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying.
3: Alright, well I was having a good time But now I'm going to cut the interview short uh, I just want to see though, for fans listening Where can they find you on social media? Uh,
0: social media, you want to find me Brother Greatness, type that in on YouTube I will pop up, there is a full YouTube channel Brother Greatness via Facebook Brother Greatness 2012 The year I started wrestling so Brother Greatness 2012 for Instagram uh, Greatness 27 For the Twitter You can even email me If you have something pertinent uh, brothergreatness at gmail.com I accept uh, bookings uh, prayer requests um, anything like that please feel free to shoot that over say those are the big ones yeah well brother greatness cheers to you
3: you gonna stay around for the last call absolutely absolutely damn I was hoping Just to say you. no but here we are we're gonna do that you Buddy know, <laughs> would want me to I know he would uh, <laughs> speaking of which alright
0: back to the studio with Buddy this is brother greatness Thank you for listening, but we are not done yet. Stay tuned until the end of this episode for Last Call.
2: It's time for this week's
3: TV Takedown. I was clearly quarantined for too long because I, I got along very well there with Brother Greatness, as you can see. He's an easy guy
1: to get along with. I don't know what your problem is with him. Ah, Hope you apologize.
3: For kudos, that. kudos to you, Mark. Kudos to you. <laughs> hey, listen. Clearly, Brother Greatness, has, he listens very much so to our commentary because he hasn't forgotten anything I said. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, much respect to him, and I thank him for coming on to our show, for, especially for such an important episode.
1: Let's transition somehow to the TV.
3: Mark, the yours. All right, so TV takedown. All right, so you sound really
1: excited about this.
3: Yeah, because uh, honestly, how often do I choose NXT? How often do Ooh. I go to NXT for mm-hmm. my TV takedown of the week, guys? I, there is no other moment that stood out to me the most, other than this moment when Drake Maverick received his contract from Triple H. It was so genuine, yeah. And uh, I hear, I hear people like, yeah, dude, this is a work clearly." Clearly, this is a work. I don't honestly think it was a work. I either. think uh, Drake Maverick. I think was really fired. Um, and, this, you know, his, I think he, the attention came to his, his impassioned speech that he made on social media about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it got a lot of attention. And then, you know, Drake Maverick, you see week after week after week. It may have not been my TV Take That moment, so it came very close to each every single one of them because of his passion that he came out of the ring. When he said in his promo on Twitter that, you know, he's going to give you his very best because it might be the last time he's in the ring, it showed. It showed every time he was out there, and I'm glad he made it to the finals. Um, I'm actually kind of glad the way he didn't win the yeah. championship. But That would have made it seem like it work. That would have made it seem like it work, but man, what a touching and genuine moment there from Triple H, and classy move from WWE, whoever decision it was to give him that contract, and I hope to see more of Drake Maverick in, in this capacity.
1: Triple H said the story behind it was they actually did release him, but they already announced him for the tournament, so they gave him the option. Do you still want to continue? He goes, yes, I still want to continue. So they paid him per appearance, off contract, and um, he won everybody over.
3: Awesome. Yeah, it was um, it was well done by him. I mean, it was really sink or swim for Drake Maverick. Yeah. And man, he really showed up. Again, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of that fire from him as as an in-ring competitor.
1: I like Drake Maverick. He was a fun character and impact. I didn't watch too much of it back then, but I was happy he came to WWE, but then they gave him that general manager job, they gave him like side gigs. They give, give him the joke with a 24 title. They didn't give him like a real shot to show what he can do in the ring. It seemed like, that was a problem with Leo Rush. They never gave him the platform to show what he can do in the ring. Because look what happens when they do. Drake Mavericks, right. he had great matches in the whole tournament. I've seen the last, I think, three of them, maybe four of them. And uh, he was awesome. He's, he's good in the ring. That's, and now, hopefully, that this storyline is over, it continues. He right. continues to give him a shot, give him a chance well, to try Or maybe,
3: maybe they even still create this into a storyline, you know, uh, yeah. as far as like, you know, Oh, you had to cry your way into a contract or something. You know, I mean, it'll be, it be good. It'll be good. To- I mean, think about it. Uh, JD, you can't fuck yep. with that,
2: being a heel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, actually. You know, the baby the baby cry baby uh, story angle, probably, yeah. <laughs>
3: right? I mean, like, you can yeah. still play off this, play on the emotion. Yeah. We, we, as fans, we want our hearts to be tongued, and this is what we got. I want more, man. I want more.
2: I agree. I'm going to actually gonna agree with Mark. My wrestling takedown moment, uh, NXT. Uh, Drake Maverick versus El Hijo de Fastasma. Okay. And that was an, I to believe that was an awesome match. Uh, good feel moment, you know, with the Triple H, with the signing yeah. of the contract. I, I, again, me being critical of the E, I'm going to say, hey, Drake... Before you signed, you should have looked at right. the contract. <laughs> Same thing. <Right>? That's
3: funny. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of thinking
2: that too. Yeah. Yes. You just don't have somebody walk up and say, sign here. Because you don't know what the hell you're signing.
3: Yeah, right? That's funny.
1: <laughs> you yeah, just signed the
3: rights to your firstborn child.
2: Damn it. Yeah. yeah. This big sure man on. now owns his soul for the rest of his life. I don't know what he signed. But, I'm, you know, the match definitely a great match. That's my, that's my wrestling takedown.
3: I have to pay you purpose?
2: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, NJP, what was yours?
1: Two real quick ones. Uh, something I've talked about oh. throughout the course of the show. Anytime I talk about something on the show, it happens on WBTV. And we always start to joke that they're actually listening to our show. Anything we talk about or mention, they either talk about it on the show or we see it come to fruition on the show a couple weeks later, maybe months later. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, I mentioned how I asked you guys, is Impact's women's division the best right now in the industry? You both, you guys yeah, agree. we talked about that. You guys agreed yeah, with yes, And ever since the new TV tapings, that's all I hear about on Impact is Impact's Women's Division is the best in the round. The best in the business right now is Impact's Women's Division. Impact's Women's Division is the place to be. And like, is somebody from Impact listening to my show as well? Please <laughs> let me know. Hit me up at, <laughs> at Muggsy Putty. it up 619
0: Can I
2: answer that for you? Yeah. Can I answer that for you? Please. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely it, right. It, just pre- re- w- pre- yeah, no. It, sometimes it's time, great timing, and sometimes... Is if you look at it, the WWE, I know for a fact, I'm going to tell you right now, the, for the fact, the WWE creative over in Stanford, Connecticut, mm-hmm. when they're on their office, when they're writing stuff or they're sitting in front of you know, their computer, they are watching stuff from YouTube. They watch a lot of independent stuff. They watch a lot of talent that's out there. Come on. You think these guys are that much of a brilliant genius at every <laughs> idea? Oh, I thought of that. No, they take peace yeah. from peace from peace. It's it smarter than them. It is. It, it, it wouldn't be far-fetched to say that the WWE, wanted somebody from creative has listened to a shot of wrestling. Yeah. Yes. That's happened. I Listen, I had a WWE creative guy reach out because he saw some content of me at the time when I was the definition of authority and sexiness.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: a referee that works for him said, oh, you know, you happen to know this guy He works for this. Oh, I know who the promoter is. Legendary Action Wrestling, you know, a company wow. that Mark Schwann started, baby. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, Frankie called me and said, hey, Somebody was asking for you at the WWE, right? Nice. Long and behold, I get a phone call. You, you, you probably know this MJP. I've met mentioned before. Yeah. And I'm talking to the guy. He's like, hey, you know, just – he was like, I like your character. I like how you do it, blah, blah, blah. Give me some feedback. But they watch. Trust me. Mm-hmm. They watch. So, hey, maybe they see. They saw your great idea that <laughs> you were talking about. <laughs> the, and, you know, praise, and yeah. I said, hey, maybe, maybe we're getting a lot of feedback on it and changing up. But to answer your question on the series, don't trust me. Creative groups like the WWE, they watch.
1: Apparently, no Impact does as, as well. And uh, yeah. my main takeaway was, with all the heaviness, all the seriousness, with all the sadness going on, my takeaway was, I think for the first time, we all in agreement, the happiness, the good feel moment of Drake Maverick getting signed to NXT contract, well-deserved. Nice moment, um, and uh, it was just a highlight of the week. It was great. It's something that we needed right now, a positive story, and yes. uh, we got it.
3: You know, well, well said, buddy. I think that's why yes. it was the first time ever. Like, all three of us agreed. Yeah. On a TV takedown, uh, just because you know we need some positivity right now, in, in any shape or form, and you know to see a, a man whose dreams were taken away from him to give it right back tenfold—I mean, that's amazing. And the, the reaction—listen, Jake, Jake Maverick would have to take a lot of acting classes for that reaction <laughs> to be fake. <laughs> um, I believe that was truly genuine on his part. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I got chills when I saw that. At the at the, nice end, at the end of, the end of Impact,
1: also they uh, released a video montage supporting Slammiversary, and one of their biggest pay per views. And the, the video was of all the superstars that released. So the show Drake Maverick, EC3, the Rusev, uh, Bulgarian flag. So now everyone's wondering who's going to come over from the WWE.
3: You know, they did it in the same kind of style that you know WWE has been doing with their um, with their hacker, if you will.
1: I didn't put two and two together. But that's a good point.
3: Uh, it makes me think, you know, was the hacker released as well? Whoever was supposed to be a hacker? Was that one of the cuts? Well, we won't know. Or is, is Impact just uh, playing with us?
1: <laughs> but I didn't notice the uh, Bulgarian flag, and I think Impact with Rusev was a good fit, so I'm hoping that's the guy to
3: talk about. Yeah, Rusev, I mean, he took a, a stupid gimmick and made it completely over with the Rusev Day. Uh, he's a great talent. He's someone that any was it, company... Was
1: it him? Or was it uh, Aiden English who did that? I think Aiden English singing it because he's the one who put it together, first said it out loud. I think it was I think you have the credit to Aiden English on that one.
3: You you may I mean you may have a point you may have a point there but you know ultimately I mean, Rusev is the one that was about it he's the one that helped get that over as well with what he did in the ring. There's no one that's denying that Rusev is a phenomenal competitor inside that ring.
1: And he just cut uh-huh. a bunch of weight. He's in the best shape of his life. Right. Yeah.
3: It's just a, I I am I am shocked that man did not have a run uh, as a champion as a world champion in WWE. But you know where wherever he goes, whether it's Impact, AEW, uh, New Japan, wherever, uh, you know that, that man's going to be a star.
1: That's what I heard. The, the, everyone has something negative to say, and it's fucking pisses me off. The rumor is WWE wants to re-sign a lot of the people they released. They they didn't release them because they wanted to. They released them for budget reasons. Right. They, they, want, they want to re-sign a lot of people at a much smaller contract. <sighs> So now oh, everyone's boy. assuming Drake Maverick signed for much less than he's worth. I'm like, who cares? He, he his dream is to be in that movie. He's got it. His foot's in the door. Let him let let, let him be. Enjoy this moment. Why do you gotta shit on this? I don't see why people gotta shut on every fucking thing.
3: Ugh. There's always negativity out there, buddy. Oh, okay,
2: There's always but,
3: negativity.
2: But, but who, who you, cares how much getting I, paid? I sh- I, sh- I, sh-
1: I do. Okay, well I do. Different point of view. You're I'm actually, sorry.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I mean. i'm sorry i think the wwe has enough money to pay okay though they didn't they're not they're not they're not a company yes have they lost money had not made the same revenues i yeah yeah i say but to release what to release all these guys now to talk about who will bring you back but at, at, at a lower scale no no roh managed to keep paying their guys did you know that no. R no. H keep paying their guys. AEW keep paying their guys. And so w,
3: and, and also AEW brought in new talent too. They brought in during this <sighs> pandemic. They brought in Matt Hardy. They brought in Brody Lee. They brought in FTR.
2: I think, I think, I think, uh, think uh, Vinny Mac needs to calm down. I think he was being way too frugal. I think he's way stupid. <laughs> and to be honest, guys, the guys who he furloughed, maybe he wants to bring them back because he doesn't want them to get signed up and picked up right now. That that might be the issue. That's it. Yeah, but yeah, honestly, that, that could be
3: the yeah, issue too. Yeah. Come on.
2: Yeah. Come on. They, 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 honestly, the WWE has so much money. They do. I, I mean, I, I know he made. A, he was trying to make a smart move because he wasn't sure of what's going on. But let's let's be real. Uh, how many of these top uh, corporations? What was it? What was the the thing? Three three trillion dollars. That was paid out to the top corporations. Solid. I'm sure the WWE, yeah, I think the WWE got, got a portion of that. I'm sorry. So, like, oh, give me a break, Vinnie Mac. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to bring anybody back, Vinnie Mac, that's a song, right? But Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to bring anybody back, bring them back at the same salary, the stink, whatever you brought them back. Don't come in nickel and dime these people, especially now. That's a rumor. Okay? We don't know if
1: that's a fact or not. But, I mean, it's easily well, believable to be rumor.
2: Well, you know what? Now, I, now I'm pissed off. I might write that in my next column.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Eric's
3: stirring up the pot.
1: Eric's pissed off. I can think that means it's time to get in some go home
3: thoughts. Mark, absolutely, brother. All right. So uh, you know we've heard you heard us talk about this a few times here. You know we have a promotion going on with Jedi Jack Yeti, which you can find on Instagram. Uh, the wrestling stickers. You know I've never been the biggest wrestling sticker guy in general. Just stickers. Overall, but you know these are really badass designs. They have a new one they launched of one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, uh, besides our Jaden, is Shawn Michaels, and yes. uh, dude, it, it looks 3D. It looks like spot on. It, it's a work of art here. Uh, again, from us to you guys, SOW25. That's the code you put on there for any purchases of ten dollars or more, and you get twenty five percent off these stickers here. So check that out. On their Instagram, Jedi Jack Yeti. Uh, one more thing I want to say before we move on, though. I do have a new show coming out for Shot of Wrestling. We're going to promote our YouTube page. And you can find that at Shot of Wrestling. Uh, Shot of Wrestling, actually, on all social media platforms. And the new show is going to be called Inside the Match. Where basically what we do is, and Eric Jaden, he's going to be a guest on this as well. is he, We take your favorite indie wrestlers... And I sit down with them, and we break down their matches. It was some of their favorite matches that they had that meant the most, uh, that meant a lot to them and uh, their career. So we break that down, we analyze it, we react, and we just have a good time. And that's from uh, that's going to be launching on YouTube. It's going to be Wednesday mornings. And uh, I think it's going to be out in a couple weeks. So we have a couple more interviews coming out. And, uh, and yeah, be on the lookout for that.
2: Awesome. Look forward to it. Eric, rough week, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for for having me on. Like we spoke before, uh, the news article has been coming out great. I mean, you know, please, uh, please support it. You could be, you could email the Rockaway Times uh, uh, or look them up on uh, on the website, and they have they have a direct contact in there. Tell them how you know how much you like the uh, the, the the article, and uh, to keep you know to keep it getting on, ongoing. going uh guys man i just want to say real quick a little quick prayer so we can end the show if you guys uh with me sure uh lord okay lord jesus christ i we pray we pray for you to give us guidance we pray for you to give us show us the way we also pray for forgiveness forgive all the destruction all the violence that's been going on we know lord that you're watching and we ask that you please, please help us get through these tough times because we definitely need your love. In your name we pray, amen.
3: Amen. amen. Well said, well Thank said. you.
2: Follow me and Eric J. on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, follow the follow the bad guys, Instagram at uh, Bad Guy Sexiness, and on A Shot of Wrestling on all platforms.
1: Well said, Mark. That was, that was Jaden. <laughs> yeah, no.
3: I can't follow that, so I'm just going to wrap (laughs) up. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, You can find me uh, on yourfavoriteactor.com. All my social media platforms are on there. And and anyone uh, listening to our podcast, please make sure to give us a review. Uh, If we get five stars, if possible, uh, that would help us out go a long way. And, uh, Putty, what about you, man? I went
1: to willferrell.com you weren't there so i don't know what you're talking about my, my favorite actor i don't know what you're talking <laughs> oh, about oh
3: not a shot <laughs>
2: that's we're what another come to blows
3: me. one day man we're going to come to blows episode 212 oh was God. in the
1: books so thank you guys for joining us thank you to brother greatness for your time and i've been your host yes. at muggery party until next week wash your hands don't touch your face the pandemic's still going on and please take care of each other yes. party out Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's Last Call at the Bar.
3: Oh! Welcome back, everyone, to Last Call. I am here with Brother Greatness. This is going to be an interesting one, man. I've never dealt with Last Call to someone I don't like before. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, lovely, lovely. You're a
3: sweetheart. All right. Are you ready for this?
0: Uh, yes, sir, my brother.
3: All right. So, Brother Greatness, what is the first thing you notice in a person?
0: First thing I notice their facial movements in terms of their overall reaction you can tell a lot when you look in someone's eyes like what are they looking at what are they focused on you get everything between how they feel about the situation they're in and based on that you figure out who they may be as an individual prior to the first word they said
3: damn that's deep so next what is the worst injury you've ever had
0: uh i broke my skull in 2014 it was a kind of a we just call it like a training incident, but uh, I took an elbow to the center of my head, cracked my skull, nice fracture, mostly to the left side. Took a major surgery, and I was out for about two and a half years. I, I didn't think I was going to wrestle again. Easily the worst injury I've ever had.
3: Damn. Wow. That's that's pretty bad. I, even though I feel bad for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I'm coming out screaming hallelujah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that now. Uh, what is your favorite quote?
0: My favorite quote, that's, uh, we fall down, but we get back
3: up. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I I think that's actually something much needed right now. What's the worst insult you've ever received? I hope it's me. I hope it's for me.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know you're definitely two, four, and six. I think you're definitely up there. Uh, calling me a snake is pretty rough, brother. <laughs> What's I'm number one saying. then?
3: What's number one if it's not
0: me? <laughs> Um, probably from Miss JL Codo. It wasn't anything that was verbally stated. She sent a picture of the Big Champa from Mario 64 and a picture of me with my mouth agape just like the stupid thing. I was, I, I tried to turn the other cheek, but I was heavily offended. That woman comes to me violently like she's you on commentary.
3: I feel like she comes for everyone. I, I haven't suffered her wrath yet, but I, I've seen her remarks and uh, she's vicious.
0: She's, she's she's rough. I mean, she's vicious. Don't call her Vicky, but JL um, is <laughs> something else.
3: She definitely is. What's your biggest pet peeve?
0: I, I cannot stand tardiness. Ooh. I, I can't. Can't do it. If you want to see Brother Greatness not act so brotherly or so great, just plan to meet me someplace at 7 and show up at 8.35. It's going to be a problem.
3: So how do you handle the wrestling locker room? There's always someone that's late.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm usually all sweaty and and going crazy by the time I walk into the locker room. I mean, if you have the time, speak to Greg Jones, Dash and D-Thousand, Karen Bam Bam, Talia Jeanette, and just ask them. Like, tell me about a Brother Greatness car ride and tell me if you've ever been late. Trust me, they have felt my wrath. (laughs) You're
3: throwing him underneath (laughs) the bus then. Jesus. What is your favorite channel?
0: Is that current or past? Like it All can time be anything? All-time. All-time? UPN9.
3: UPN9 going old school.
0: UPN, man. I had the Parkers and watched watch Thursday Night Smackdown right after that. It was a beautiful situation. For
3: those who are, uh, are new to the wrestling game, Thursday Night Smackdown was the original programming on UPN9.
0: <laughs> the more you know, get a little more rainbow. You know.
3: <laughs> who was your childhood idol growing up?
0: Um, I don't know if this counts as growing up because it's more of a teenager thing, but I love, love, loved Chris Rock. Okay. I, I stole so many of his quotes. <laughs> like, I, I, thought, I think he's the greatest comedian, he tells you the truth.
3: Did you see his latest one on Netflix? It.
0: Yeah, Tambourine? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was a little soft, and I didn't really like his, uh, what he had to say with respect to uh, Christianity and Christ. I wasn't a big fan of that part. Ah, okay, but, okay. Um, he had, some, he had some big W's in that. I just uh, got to fast forward about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Starts talking about the church, a certain kind of way.
3: Now, what's your favorite wrestling move, other than your own?
0: Honestly, ah, man. Probably a good old-fashioned teardrop suplex. I love a good teardrop suplex. You don't see it a lot. I
3: haven't seen a good one it's, in a while.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Michael's had a beautiful one. Though. Oh, like, yeah. The, the, I
3: mean, that was his finisher for a reason, right?
0: Yeah, it was uh, beautiful, beautiful. You'll see a Benoit and Angle throw those out. Taz had a variation of it, too. Like, just, just a beautiful, beautiful suplex. No one ever does it. Everyone wants to just run straight into a German. Nah, that awkward landing on the neck, the arch, the, the way the hips have to shoot out. It's it's like the perfect wrestling game.
3: I haven't even seen it on the indie scene.
0: Never happens. Never happens. I think I've literally executed one. Ever. <laughs> in Connecticut in front of 20 people. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful suit. But it was against Cam Bam Bam, so, you know, that's special. Oh, wow.
3: Yeah, those 20 people were in for a treat there. Now, Brother Greatness, describe to me your perfect day.
0: Uh, wake up, hour-long workout. Let's get, like, a, a one-hour-long church service. Which not, But, like, not a Catholic church service, like, like, a, like a Baptist one. A lot of music, a lot of excitement. Me and my girl jumping in the car, driving down to like anywhere warm, have a wrestling match, leave early, which I never get to do, and then go out and have a uh, breadfruit cuckoo and flying fish. Okay. Me and my lady. That, that would probably be the, the way to go.
3: You just painted me a pretty nice picture there. I'm not going to lie. I, I I dig that.
0: Praise the Lord. Get some wrestling done. Good food. Good company.
3: Hell yeah, man. Now with that, um, actually, I do have a bonus question for you. Because we're both Jets fans. Who is your favorite Jet of all time?
0: I feel like a lot of people agree with me on this. Uh, Thomas Jones.
3: All right, respect. He was a workhorse yeah. for us for quite a bit.
0: Absolutely. I absolutely loves his running style. Like I felt, felt like you should just keep the rock in that man's hands, man. Love Thomas Jones.
3: All right, brother greatness. That's all the time we have for today. I hate you just a little less now after this. So for everyone else that was listening, be sure to stay tuned for next week for another episode of Shot of Wrestling.
0: Hallelujah.